You're listening to Midori House, first broadcast on the 28th of June, 2018, on Monocle 24. Hello and welcome to Midori House, coming to you live from Monocle Studio in Zurich. I'm Daniel Bage. On today's show, we'll be looking at the global cities making bold moves to make urban life a little bit more livable. As we come to you live from Monocle's Quality of Life Conference, our editors and some hand-picked guests will be joining us around the table to give us their views on issues including, does bigger mean better? We'll look at the less talked about cities that are speaking loud on the global stage. We'll also look at why big business Businesses should be looking past the seething metropolises of New York and London when planning their next office blueprint. And we'll be getting a preview of what's to come in Zurich over the next days of talks and discussions and some tips on where to enjoy a drink and about the best places to cool off in this summer heat. That's all to come on Midori House with me, Daniel Bache. So welcome to the program. Midori House comes to you live from Zurich today, where Monocle is holding its annual Quality of Life Conference in the city. Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be discussing the push and pull factors that make different locations across the globe work for a well-balanced lifestyle. But of course, let's kick things off with Zurich itself. As you can hear, a bit of a buzz about the place. I'm joined by Monocle's Carlotta Rebello, Carlo Silverschmidt, and Editor-in-Chief Tyler Brulé. All around the table, a few of us, uh, perhaps with a glass of wine, in hand. Welcome all. And as we should point out, the conference is kicking off this evening. Everyone's making their way in. Delegates are shaking hands. There'll be a book signing coming up. Everything's is sort of happening. Um, Tyler, it's, it's all coming together, isn't it? It is coming together. It's been a bit of a fast and furious day. It started around this table rather early this morning with an edition of, uh, of The Globalist. And uh, we've been, of course, uh, yeah, I mean, broadcasting uh, pretty much every show. Um, of course, we're handing back to our friends in London uh, for the daily a little bit later. But um, as as you said, there are probably about, um, I would say, a good 150 people uh, in our space and also spilling out on the street right now. We're at 90 Dufourstrasse. This is our, our new home uh, in Zurich. So I think we can all sort of probably say, uh, Carlotta, Daniel, Carlo as well, we've done a bit of a new experiment um, in, in radio. We've torn down the walls uh, and um, and we're liking it. Uh, it is, uh, it's it's a really sort of interesting space. We, we had just a, a lovely event that we'll be able, people will be able to listen to a little bit earlier hosted by our Josh Fennert myself a, a talk about the hotel industry so it's a bit of an experiment as to how we actually do a live uh, a live program with a, an audience of, of 50 or so people um, and Daniel as you were saying a little bit earlier um, we are getting underway this is really the kickoff as we speak we're about 30 minutes into it um, of our quality of life conference so delegates arriving from around the world they're registering um, and everything starts tomorrow with a, a 645 run uh, down the lake a dip as well and then with the conference starts hard at 9, 9 a.m. A way of life uh, that swim in the lake and a little run before uh, the day gets started, uh, of course. Uh, Tyler, just one for me, more for you uh, right off. Uh, we've always been uh, in Zurich. Monocle subscribers will know that since day one, uh, we've always been in this city. But this, as you said, a bit of a new experiment. This is a new location, and it's a really great time for the city too, isn't it? it it's, it's a fantastic time for the city. This is Zurich, of course, being the biggest city in Switzerland, uh, of course, predominantly German-speaking, but it's it's really a moment of transformation. We touched on this a little bit this morning uh, on, on The Globalist. Um, I was doing Bloomberg a bit earlier today uh, as well. And what you've had here, probably over the last decade, uh, there's been a financial crisis. Um, banks have been hit hard by 
by a number of, of different things. But what that has forced, Dan, is a real interesting sense of, of entrepreneurship, uh, a type of entrepreneurship that we really haven't seen, where people have ventured out into the world to, to do new and interesting things. Um, and, and that's going to be one of the great, I would say, probably best panels at our conference is going to be looking at startups, but not tech startups. Mm. We're going to be talking to uh, you know, people who have got a running shoe business, people who are rethinking how you do a coffee machine, uh, and, and also how do you launch a beauty brand as well. Carlo, I want to bring you in here. You're uh, sort of our man in Zurich uh, uh, that's been doing everything, absolutely everything this week. Uh, but you're from around these parts. Uh, how's the city changing uh, in the last little while for you? How are you, how are you seeing things uh, change, especially in this neighborhood? Uh, you're indeed right. I'm uh, born in Zurich and grew up uh, in Zurich. And it's really interesting to see how Zurich is becoming an international hotspot. It was long just known for its banks and a bit hidden um, in the mountains. And now it's uh, on the global um, top line and um, people are coming here and visiting and discovering what Zurich has to offer. Carlotta, all of us uh, around the table here have had quite the busy week, but uh, what are your first impressions of the city and, and sort of the, the work-life balance that we've carved out this week as well? Well, I don't think anything will beat that uh, post-work swim in the lake on Tuesday that we had. Uh, Carlo showed us one of his favorite spots and it was perfect, just what I needed after flying in from London that morning. And Tyler was just mentioning how we did the Globalist this morning. It was a very early start here at Dufresne 90. And for me, the best thing is how this table has literally raised <laughs> since we did uh, that morning show. Now we're just standing up and it's a more informal thing and it really shows how this new home that we have reflects all aspects of the Monocle brand. You can in the morning sit down and do a proper, you know, a serious news shows as we do every day at Midori House and in the evening if you have an event, if you want to have a panel discussion, the space adapts to that and I'm really happy that this is our second home because I do really feel it reflects what we, what the brand has been working working for uh, since it started. And that's a big part of the conference, I guess uh, we should say as well. But Tyler, how much does it help to have this location, the cafe, the shop, uh, the office, everything is right here. And now we have everyone in our world. Yeah, we do. And this is this is an experiment. Of course, yeah, we haven't invented, uh, of course, the, the radio <laughs> studio, but, but I think we've slightly reinvented it, though. Um, if you go down the street, one of the major media companies uh, has uh, for energy radio uh, in Switzerland, they have their studios. But this is a, I would say, quite a chilly environment. It mm. is this this very sort of enclosed uh, world and a little bit sort of overlit, etc. And this is, you know, as you said, you you can hear the buzz of, of people sort of coming into the to the environment, etc. And and I think what's what's great about radio uh, is there's a, there is a conviviality to it and and you're able to I think be part of this and and that's what was sort of nice to sort of take down the glass walls you're not so hermetically mm -hmm. sealed um, and and I think you can still have a good broadcasting sound at the same time and uh, no walls we've just added another editor uh, editor Andrew Chuck has wandered up to the table as well uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us maybe we can just turn the page a little bit uh, in in uh, coming out uh, with the conference as well, everyone that's coming uh, tonight is getting an issue of the uh, a copy of the quality of life issue, which is so important to us. And Andrew, and we're going through the rehearsal today. You were talking a lot about um, cities and how they've become so livable, and how people are, uh, you know, taking more notice of places um, that aren't London or aren't New York, and that have something unique about them and something that makes living and working a little bit more enjoyable. Zurich is on the up and it's moved up to number four in our annual list of top 25 cities. What stands out to you the most and why is this a city that you love? 
Well, I think the great thing is the surprise when you get here that people have this perception of what the city is about. And, you know, people who don't know Zurich, they always think of it in some kind of dry uh, sense. They think it's only about the world of finance, which is actually a more exciting world mm -hmm. than people imagine. They never give credit to the city for what it does well. Now, the most amazing thing about this city is when you get here, you realize it's got a great art scene. It's got a good music scene. The architecture is actually really interesting. And there are people from here from around the world. Again, people have an impression of this being a purely Swiss city, but there's a, a huge number of people working in institutions, in uh, banks, in corporations, are all anchored here, who are from all around the world, at, at every level of society. So it's a much more exciting city than you imagine. It does have quite the buzz about it, and not only because uh, some good and interesting World Cup results in the past week while we've been here, lots of parties going on, uh, but Carlo, I guess Zurich does have a bit of a straight-laced uh, reputation that Andrew alluded to there, but uh, it's a little bit more edgy too, it's a little bit more interesting, isn't it? There's so much going on here at the moment. Especially if we look uh, at some neighborhoods, uh, Kreis 4, Kreis 5, which uh, have been developing a lot in recent years, the new arts, building has uh, driven up the pace in Kreis uh, in Zurich West, which was formerly just an industrial site, more or less. And now we have uh, new neighborhoods, Altstetten is uh, coming up next, and uh, Viedekon, of course, that is now being loved by families to live. We've added one more editor to the round table now. We've got, uh, we've got a full table now. Uh, Rob Bound and his very colorful jacket have just joined us. Rob, how are you enjoying the uh, festivities this evening? Oh, doesn't that place look great? It's really warming up. I'm, I'm glad we're sort of warming up. I know you've been warming up the radio studio mm -hmm. all week. I feel like it's coming into its own on a night like tonight. This is part of uh, what I think the plan was, where we can do exactly this, have a nice reception, uh, people in our space, and, and, and go live on the radio. Why not? It's exactly. a little bit different than London. So. I presume we've made lots of kind of uh, opportune and inopportune uh, and suitable and unsuitable jokes about how high everyone wants the movable desk. Have we all done that? <laughs> we haven't done that just Should we go yet. around the table and see uh, how yeah. high we need it for yeah. everybody now? <laughs> I could do with it being a little bit lower, being the midget amongst you all, but uh, you know, you're a big boy, Rob. You I'm like it high. I'm sort of taking it like Liam Gallagher here and I'm having to stand crouched with my hands behind my back to, to make best use of the microphone height. But you look, uh, you look great doing it. Rob, uh, what's your experience in the city and, and and what do you look forward to uh, this weekend with the Quality of Life Conference? Um, well, to, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. It's always such a good thing. And just speaking to a few of the delegates, a few of our guests who've come, I just met a couple from Bombay who were super excited, who wanted to come for the last couple of years, who run a stationary brand and a graphic designers there. They've come just to just to hear some of our some of our guests and speakers. So that's sort of gratifying and, and wonderful, and I guess part and parcel of the thing. Um, my immediate experience of Zurich was last week skinny dipping at 2 a.m. in the harbour. Um, I don't know. I wasn't going to bring it up. I did hear the story, but um, you've put it out there, so that's fine. It was just fine. the phrase, are those white shorts? I'm like, I don't own any white shorts. <laughs> it's something to do with desperate, um, desperate and, and, and uh, pronounced tan lines, Daniel. Sorry to make you blush. No, not at all. It's just a little warm in here, I think. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But I have been in the lake. I, uh, Tyler took me swimming the other day. It was quite White nice. With shorts? Uh, with shorts, yes. <laughs> with shorts that we picked up next door. But uh, I just want to look ahead a little bit more to the conference tomorrow. Carlotta, you'll be running the show. Uh, Andrew, some different themes this year than we've done in, in years past. Uh, some of the main ones, um, building and looking at cities a little bit differently than we normally would. Well, early on in the day, we're going to look at something that's a little bit more serious, the mm -hmm. notion of uh, security in our cities. You know, we, 
we try to benchmark the best in quality and ambition and all the hopeful things about cities. But we wanted to give a little bit of context this year. We've had a, 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 a few years where many cities, whether that's you know, a, a Paris or a Berlin or a London, have suffered from terrorist attacks from mm-hmm. difficult moments. And we don't want to be, ignore these moments in the narrative of our urban environment. So we're going to look at what do cities need to do, not to just protect themselves, but to protect themselves in a way that pre- leaves their aesthetics and their culture in place. And we have everybody from uh, people who look at the, and analyze the dangers out there through to architects, saying, how are you adjusting the way that you build buildings, design cities, to make sure that we are safe, but that actually we don't feel we're living inside some army encampment. And Carlotta, uh, you are from uh, Portugal, live in London and have done for a long time. What's your impression of, of coming to a city like this? What's, uh, does it have a, a good vibe for you? What, do you? what are you looking forward to most in enjoying the rest of the week here? Well, I have mixed uh, opinions about Zurich because I came here in the winter and it was raining also for two weeks, so I didn't leave with the best impression. And I've been here for like three days and I don't want to leave. So I guess I'm a seasonal travel traveler to Zurich. In the summer, I can be in this beautiful office any day. Uh, um, but touching back upon the, the issue of safety, I think it's, it is really important that mm-hmm. we are raising some issues against, you know, uh, the fact of like defense, ar- defensive architecture and how you shouldn't at all change the character of a city uh, because of unfortunate events that have happened that a, an extremist group or an extremist uh, person with extremist views shouldn't change the dynamic of a city. And when you get to a point that you start questioning your city doesn't feel as safe as it used to be, or you, you know, oh, I always used to be on my phone on the street, and suddenly you're not, um, then it raises questions to what sort of city you want to live in. And I'm really looking forward to that discussion tomorrow morning, and to understand how we can make the places we live not only better, uh, but also, um, you know, uh, safer in all the senses. Hmm. Daniel, we're going to turn tables, because actually, we know you as the man who comes through the office every morning in rather a lot of lycra yeah normally a cycle shoe clip-clopping across the floor that is me that is definitely you and zurich in a way is a a, a city prime for sport you know you have the water you Mm. have the mountains nearby does that that vibe is that something you pick up when you come here immediately yeah i was watching tyler speak on bloomberg uh, earlier today and the hosts from new york were grilling him and why well, why would you pick Munich or why would you pick Zurich as great cities and not New York or London? What's wrong with those places? But, I mean, when I think of what we've done in the last few days, we've walked a block from the Bureau down to have a swim in the pristine lake with having a nice drink with everyone. Totally civil. Uh, this morning I was uh, about five kilometers into a, a bicycle ride just uh, at sunrise and I was out amongst uh, <laughs> the sheep and cow and and just uh, Im- incredible rolling hills, snow-capped mountains. It was absolutely stunning. And I still made it to the office on time. It was it was incredible. And Dan- I love how Daniel, you're not there's saying. already a Daniel who's James Bond. Just relax yourself. <laughs> I love how Daniel is not sharing the full extent of a, cycle, a bicycle ride this morning. Because when we he got to the office, we all looked exhausted and we had been here for like two hours. And Daniel was like, oh, it's just it's 60K. Like 60 
60 kilometers like going around like the mountains and then came back to the office and like smiling going for a coffee how is this even physically possible he's a fine specimen so yes Dan you, you bought a bicycle with you in fact I did not but I was doing a little package for the globalist on cycling in the city it can be a little bit complicated because of the mix of tram tracks and you don't know exactly where the bike lanes are going but in that package I wandered into a bike shop uh, a gentleman that's opened a nice uh, high-end bike shop with a cafe we got to talking and uh, he loaned me his bike for the week he said here take this and tell me if uh, if if the security had opened your suitcase at the airport mm -hmm. How many items of clothing didn't have lycra in them? <laughs> <laughs> You've noticed my wardrobe, unfortunately. I look for functionality. <laughs> <laughs> look at him stretch as yeah, he broadcasts. Exactly. Look at him stretch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're going to take a little bit of break here, but uh, oh. thanks for everyone for joining us around the table. We'll be back in just one moment, live from Zurich. <laughs> You are listening to Midori House on Monocle 24, live from our Zurich Bureau. Still with me is Carlotta Ravello and Andrew Tuck. And Marcus Hippie has just joined us at the microphone, hanging around the table. We were good talking, evening. We were talking good evening to you. We were talking about the height of this table, and I think Marcus may need a little bit higher, but uh, we'll make do. Uh, we're standing around, uh, drinks in hand. There is a reception going on. Uh, this is the first night of the Monocle Quality of Life Conference. And Marcus, we were just talking about great cities to live in and what makes them a little bit more livable and how that's a little bit more interesting than some of the bigger uh, well-known global cities uh, and your home city or the, ho the capital of your uh, home country is consistently on our list uh, how do you rate Helsinki to Zurich I think it's really interesting I was actually thinking about that earlier today I think I see many similarities I guess it's a great outdoor options nature so close to you when you are both in Helsinki or Zurich I have to say that Zurich may be a bit more exciting when it comes to all mm. these options. You could actually go and swim in the lake, such clean water over there. You don't get that in the Finnish Gulf when you go to the seawater. And obviously Finland doesn't have mountains either. But there's so many similarities at the same time. You know, the trams work perfectly. The public transport is amazing. People are well educated. And there's a great feeling of people being in the same boat and having equal opportunities. We are going to look more at the cities we live in uh, tomorrow, of course, in the Quality of Life uh, conference. Andrew, I want to bring you back in here uh, just a little bit. Part of what we talk about a lot on the show I produce, The Entrepreneurs, is is a company a great place to work for? But now companies are looking at, well, is this a great place to grow a company, to grow a brand? And to, for do people want to work for me and do they want to work here? And Zurich seems to be one of those places right now that's quite exciting. There's a lot going on here. And, and as you said, it's not just a financial hub anymore. No, so I think they're trying to bring in a generation of entrepreneurs. It is difficult because this city is a, an expensive city, mm -hmm. both for real estate and for salaries. And let's be honest, the, the, the way the Swiss system works is that often for tax reasons, for big corporations, it's good to be anchored here mm -hmm. anyway. So they, they have a, a, a benefit there. But they certainly deliver on quality of life. But I think that goes down to neighborhoods and to even individual kind of streets and cities that if you can provide somewhere that gives the right mix 
where you have the opportunity to leave your office and suddenly be in an environment that's exciting, where you can walk out and listen to live music. Those are the things that make cities. So what's interesting is the number of people who are trying to build cities from scratch, whether it's a, a Mazda city, for example, in the Middle East, they have this concept of what the city should be. And yeah, you can do all the the infrastructure and the deliverables like transport very easily. But actually what makes you want to be in a city is contact with people, mm -hmm. culture, design, uh, a frisson of excitement. The fact that you'll meet and date someone, that you'll have frivolity, all these things, those are things that attach you to a place. And that's again why we come back to Zurich as an interesting example because it is misjudged a little bit. And actually when you get here, it offers all those opportunities and actually within a, a reasonably compact city. So to cross from one side to the other isn't really that far as you've discovered today on your bicycle. So I think that's, that's the winning side of this. And we can't overplay how significant it is, the access to nature, mountains, water. Mm -hmm. That thing we talked about, you, know, you can go at lunchtime, swim in the river or swim in the lake in summer and be back at your desk 40 minutes later and all those things make you like a place. And then you come out at night and there's a, uh, there is a buzzing scene if you know where mm -hmm. to look. Yeah, and lots of places to go for for a nice drink. Uh, so many places to walk around, and, and the theme we talked about uh, before. It feels so secure. I've had a bicycle. I've left it outside for the last two days, and then nobody's touched it. Nobody has their bike locked to anything here. It's it's a really just relaxed city. But there are police everywhere, and there is that sort of feeling of order, I guess. Well, just to touch on that, I think that what's interesting you see in in most countries is. Often when a place is safe, they are more alert to danger or the risks or the challenges to their, the way they live mm -hmm. than places that are a little bit more chaotic. So because it, it is run so well, they police things very well here. Now, one of our colleagues lived here for many years and said it can be a little bit of a, a, a difficulty when most buildings, for example, have a rule that you can't shower after 10 o'clock at night. Right because they don't want to hear you making that noise. Now, that's fine, but what if you're on a, a, a late shift? They have a very strict policy here about recycling, for example. Now, you have to buy the right string from the, the local store to tie the magazines to put outside. Mm -hmm. There's a set number of magazines or newspapers you're allowed to put in each pile. There are particular days of the week when you're allowed to throw away cardboard. There are other days when you're allowed to throw away... Uh, things which are going to go to the, the city dump. They, they, it's, and it's, if you try and shift that or break those rules, not only will the, the, the city be offended, but your neighbours will be really, let's say, pissed off. Fair uh, enough. Uh, can I just make a point? Yeah, yeah, uh, this just really reminded me of me moving away from Finland. Because when I left Helsinki, that's another city with all these rules, and I moved to London, I felt so liberated. I was able to have a shower late in the evening. I was able to do all these things I could not do in Finland without someone complaining. But then eventually, after a few years, you realize that actually I quite like that Finnish way as well, actually keeping things properly in control. That point that Andrew just made really about Zurich really reminded me of the new story you've been all 
following here this week. Obviously, you know, the, the World Cup is in full swing. Either you like it or not, you'll be involved in the celebrations at some point, even if it's just listening and trying to get away from it. And it was really interesting that the Council of Cantons of here in Zurich, uh, before the first kickoff of the World Cup, mm -hmm. allowed for celebrations to happen for 60 minutes after the match. No more and no less. If yeah, They have all the noise restrictions, but they do understand that people love and enjoy their football. And yesterday, when we were trying to walk back to our uh, room uh, after uh, being uh, here in the city, uh, it was quite um, an interesting uh, thing to watch, let's put it that way, to see all the fans spilling out Langstrasse and um, literally an hour later the noise was stopped and it's probably the most civilized and kind of Swiss football celebration I've ever seen in my I life. I did hear that Marcus had a little bit of a tough time sleeping but of course he sounded uh, wonderful this morning, fresh uh, and, and coming through clear. Uh, we have wrangled another Monocle member that's in town uh, for uh, this conference, Fiona Wilson, our Tokyo Bureau Chief, is here. Uh, Fiona, we've been talking about, a little bit about order and uh, unique uh, culture and very much like the city that you've lived in for a, a long time. Tokyo's moved down one spot on our annual survey. Uh, Zurich has moved up, we're in four. We've talked about Munich, which now is in top spot. Uh, what is it uh, about Zurich that stands out uh, to you as a great place? Yeah, it's interesting. I tend to think, you know, Japan really uh, outdoes everyone in terms of uh, order and quality of life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's interesting coming here. I'm just so impressed. I mean, you know, right in the heart of the city, um, I was able to jump in the lake and have a swim. I mean, that is hard to beat, um, you know, in the middle of your day. I think also the scale of Zurich is very, it's very easy to get around. I mean, sometimes it's quite difficult to compare a mega city like Tokyo mm -hmm. and a city like Zurich but I think both cities there, there are quite a lot of similarities I have to say between sure. Japan and Switzerland I'm seeing more and more both cities do love order um, you know so I feel quite at home here and like Marcus uh, you know when I first got to Japan I thought oh are they serious with all these rules and now I go to London and I think a few more rules would uh, would go down very well I think Andrew, yeah. I, I just wanted to ask Fiona a question actually that's I, I think it comes down to social contract. You know, what is what is the deal you make with the place you live as as citizens? And that's the thing I think is a similarity between the Swiss and the Japanese. Is they have this very elevated sense of social contract. It's like and it's, it's, it's a tension because you kind of want people to step out of order every now and then because that's creativity and that's excitement. But in the end, both Swiss and Japanese people, despite all those uh, those allures of like misbehavior come back to actually doing the right thing do you see that yourself when you're here yeah i do i mean it's it, i have this weird sort of it's a familiarity of course the architecture is totally different but it's rather like those scenes we've had of japan fans at the world cup clearing up after themselves bringing their own bin bags and filling it with rubbish you know which in japan is completely standard i think you know in japan i always feel that people are very careful in every situation not to inconvenience others you know, they do their best to be tidy, they're not too noisy, they're not in your face. And I get the same feeling here, there's a sort of courtesy that's just just standard, it's not too much, uh, it's just what people expect. Is that a culture or a learned behavior that just doesn't catch on, that, that sees bigger, I guess, world-class cities that might compare to Tokyo, like New York or London, uh, Andrew, that see them striking out a little bit when they're trying to build themselves up? Well, I think, yeah, and here's the challenge. There's a, there's a payoff, mm -hmm. you know, that you you loosen your social contract when you allow in a lot of people from other places, and um, 
by letting lots of people in other places, your economy grows. You you make uh, you have an understanding of the world that's much enriched, and 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 you, that's the direction that appeals to me. But we we have people here from, for example, Finland. Now I went to Helsinki with Marcus a few years ago, when they had allowed somebody who was a non-Finn to build a single important building in the city and it had caused ructions people hated it people hated the fact that there was an outside influence and that seems a negative to me but the plus side is you know in Finland you can publish a, a, a contract to say or you can publish a document to say this is what we think all Finns should be doing over the next five years and if it's sensible you can get the whole nation to buy into it and that's social contract so you, you, you have to decide how much you're willing to loosen off the, the valves mm -hmm. to allow these these other elements to shape your society mm -hmm. or if you want to bolt it down so much that you are guaranteed that you know exactly how everything's going to happen every single day would you uh, would you agree with that Marcus? i totally agree i was just going to say that actually that's that's what i referred to when i was talking about everyone feeling like they're part of the same project or they're in the same boat so kind of like everyone feels like they're actually working for the common good over there they're doing things together and they know that that will lead into good results just uh, quickly, I want to get everyone's thoughts on tomorrow and what they're looking forward uh, to the most, I guess. Uh, meeting people, uh, leading a panel. Uh, Fiona, let's start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, already, just tonight, with all this buzz behind me, I've met so many interesting people. I just met a risk specialist who told me that Tokyo is pretty much top in terms of risks hmm. for earthquakes. I was like, okay, I already know that. I but I mean, that's the interesting thing. You meet people from all walks of life here. So more conversations. Great, Carlotta, how about yourself? It's the same thing. It's always meeting all these different delegates and speakers that come through. And it's always so amazing when you see, you know, a few familiar faces in the room. Some that have been with us since the very first conference in Lisbon, others that just joined from last year. And it's so fantastic to be able to get all this mix of people in the same room for a couple of days. Uh, Andrew, how about yourself? Yeah, coming true to the, the thing that we say all the time, coming true to our brand values of bringing people together, having genuine conversations face-to-face, -face, sharing a glass of wine, mm. and maybe having a, a good old dance at the end of the night too. <laughs> we, Marcus will be there, I bet. I wish I was able to say something more regional, but I'm still looking forward to the very same things, meeting all these great people joining this conference, and basically at the same time running out of my business cards. Oh yeah, that's always a good thing. I will say I, I uh, look forward to meeting uh, some great and unique people uh, that are fans of Monocle and that are really interesting to me in a unique city. I find that is a great way to discover a city as well. It's a warm, beautiful summer evening in Zurich and we are going to go enjoy it. Thanks everyone for joining us. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for all our guests, everyone that's come up to the table uh, to hang out here on Midori House. Our uh, studio manager, Cassie Galpin, back in London. Christy Evans across the table here in Zurich. We're going swimming, aren't we, Christy? More music next and then at the top of the hour, it is The Urbanist and we'll have more on the day's main story on the Monocle Daily. That's 2200 London time, 2300 here in Zurich. Midori House back at the same time tomorrow, 1800 London time, 1900 in Zurich. I'm Daniel Bache hosting all the festivities on Monocle 24 tomorrow from our Quality of Life conference here in Zurich. Thanks for listening and goodbye.